Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Once again, I'm Bradley and I'm joined by Stu. And guess what? I've butchered another intro because that's what I do. Life's miserable. We're here to bring you joy. Video games, other chat and all that. God, I'd be rubbish as a kid's TV presenter, Stu. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you've got to kind of vamp, haven't you? You've got to be able to do it in the moment in a way that doesn't disturb and upset children. So <laughs> I could do the vamping thing, but I don't think I could do the non-disturbing thing. I'd Hello, children. Challenge. Welcome to the puppet show. <laughs> See, this is why you're not in the children's entertainment business. You might say. Well, that, that and the uh, restraining order and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the fact that uh, you sound more like Pennywise than you do anyone yeah. like, <laughs> off BBC. The BBC would still have me. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you low bar. I am, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm the person that women settle for. Just, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, I'm 50, I've got a bunch of cats. Brad will do. Oh, dear. It, cat, I, I say, yeah. when I consider I've got a loving family and that, it's just, you know, it's all, it's all settle. Apparently I'm only good enough now for 50-plus-year-old cat women. Who are perfectly valid, you know? Great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great section of society. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> this is going on a very dark tangent already. I could, I could put it back round. There's a on TikTok. There's a, a young woman on TikTok who um, who's like in her twenties, um, and she's defined herself as already being a crazy cat lady because she's got a whole bunch of cats. Um, she lives in a flat and she's got a whole bunch of cats, and that's basically her TikTok channel. Um, and I find nice. it kind of wholesome. I find it really nice and refreshing to watch. It's just like she's lent into it really well. Excellent. Um, and it's just one of those. It's just one of those ones I watch and go, "Oh, that's nice. I like that." Well, yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, there's absolutely no problem with uh, having a load of pets as long as you look after them properly and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, there's a, talking to TikTok. There's a, a, a woman on TikTok who uh, I think she's a student. She's comparatively young and found an injured pigeon, and now the pigeon belongs to her. Like it wouldn't. Like she nursed it back to health and it wouldn't leave her, so she's now got her own pigeon. Where does she live? Please tell me she lives in the northeast. <laughs> Why? Because we can remake Geordie Racer. Oh god, yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Oh, Geordie Racer was amazing. I loved it. It, it around the time of the old E Magic E and all of that lot as well. Oh, that's a long time ago. It was. But yeah, Geordie Razor. It's quite dark for what it actually was. It was like it made it was proper grim. <laughs> it's like it didn't paint a nice picture of what it was like up north. No, I, well that's it. When 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 I was a kid growing up in the eighties, that's exactly what like kids' TV was like. It was just like it's like adult drama, but with no nudity or violence or, <laughs> or you know, and just a lot more depressing. So, yeah, but you know, yeah, it still dealt with like really grown up issues. It was really depressing. It's like, great, thanks for that. Oh, and there was Nosy Bonk to terrify you as well. If you've not oh, seen God, Nosy yeah. Bonk, audience, then Google it. And I, I remember when Aunt and Deck were PJ and Duncan and the big foreheaded one went blind. I don't know where. The thing is, they stand, like, on telly as Ant and Deck to the camera, always. Yes. But I can never remember which one stands where, so it's pointless. No, I, I, I think the big foreheaded one's Ant. Uh, but he's the one right. who went blind. Yeah. Uh, paint or something went in his face and he went blind. Yeah, it was a paintball uh, that... gone or something, wasn't it? Something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. 
it was a uh, yeah, and then you had the guy with the um, the big old beard. It was uh, like seemed to be all their mentors. Was it like a kid zone? Were the kids zone? Was it or was it, it was a kid zone biker grove? Or no, a, uh, a like, like a social a community centre yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the guy with the with the uh, big old tash used to look after him and everything. That's right. But do you know where you can't find PJ and Duncan? Where's that? In video games, Stu. Oh, thank God. Definitely can't find PJ at the moment because they're never going to bring out Beyond Good and Evil 2. Is there a character called PJ in that? Is that what he's called, the pig? I have no idea. I've never played it. (laughs) You've never played Beyond Good and Evil? Nope, never appealed to me. Ah, pirate that shit. Pirate it. (laughs) Obviously, don't don't give uh, Ubisoft your money. Pirate it because it was bloody brilliant. Fair enough. But yeah, we never did get a second one. Uh, but anyway, talking of second ones, let's try this again. What have you been playing, Stu? <laughs> that was a better second segue, that. Look at that. Second one? Mm. But I will tell you what I've been playing anyway. I could go with my second one just to tie in with the segue. Um, yeah, go on, let's do that. So the second one I've been playing, <laughs> as the first one, uh, is Persona 5 Royal, which... I know. I saw. I saw your achievements starting to pop up on Steam. Yeah. Oh, we. I know what we're talking about. I know, right? I'm like so weird because I've never been interested in it, and I don't know why I've never really been interested in it. I think it was people saying, "Oh, it takes a long time to get going, and then it isn't classic JRPG and all of this." And I was like, "Oh, well, that sounds a bit wrong." And then I, I can't remember what switched me, but I watched a video. I must have seen a video of something that just like triggered me to go yeah i'm getting that and i think it was because it just it looks so good it looks like something i want to see in games and i don't see often enough and that's kind of like this magical realism of kind of you take you know young people you give them a cell shaded glow up you give them lots of different costumes you don't sexualize them you also make it very stylish and then you make an RPG out of it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've waited a long time for, for that sort of thing to, to come to the fore. And I guess like the previous games did it as well. But uh, yeah, as I say, I was, I was put off before, but saw some videos that just seemed to, to twig with me and, and, and yeah, seem like the right thing. And for those who don't know, that I think one of the reasons it's it's kind of like when you know about Persona, you know about it. If you don't, you haven't got a clue, is because it takes so long to get going. Um, it very it's very deliberately <laughs> yeah. paced to put it kindly um, in a way that I'm enjoying but a lot of people wouldn't and that's because it takes that thing of they are high school students and it's about high school students lives with this as I say magical realism thing stuck on top of it so it's kind of like fantasy elements get drifted in and, and you know that becomes part of their lives with their reality that it kind of like there is mundanity to it and and it's very beautiful to look at very stylish but very mundane and it mm. it it kind of layers things up so that you're kind of reaching and acclimatizing with the characters um and i'm like seven hours in now and it's only really starting to feel like i'm outside of tutorial and oh you're not <laughs> I probably still am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nowhere near outside you tutorial. Yeah, no, no, no. I think you're right. And it, but yeah, it's kind of like it does. It chops and changes between giving you uh, autonomy and wandering around 
to scripted sections to battle sections and yeah. you know that's not something that happens in rpgs very often it's it's normally either you know cutscenes or you're fighting or whatever um but yeah there's just something about it and i think it's because it tackles stuff that really matters to kids it ca- it ca- you know it sort of deals with appearance and it popularity and clothes and uh you know social hierarchy and status and um abuse like physical abuse and it deals with a lot of stuff and it it doesn't do it in a very overt way it's on on. that because i will what i will say that is have you finished the first palace yet no no right i won't i won't okay i won't i won't mention anything because i i I would say you know trigger warning we'll talk about this next bit but i don't want to ruin anything so at least i know when i when i cut in i'm not going to spoil anything for you as well so got you carry on and I'll, i'll i'll follow up after yeah no worries um not, not, not really much else to say other than yeah, it's, it's. I really like the way it handles it. It's very particular. Anyone expecting like a standard RPG, you're going to be really disappointed. But if you, if you kind of gel with its pace and the funny way it structures the game, and it's almost, you know, it's almost like a, a, a narrative storybook experience as well. Um, it's, it's kind of like playing an anime, but it's more like reading a manga, um, for the most part. But yeah. I do like the combat when I get to it, <laughs> which is comparatively rare. And so far, it gets a really big thumbs up just because it feels so unusual and so confidently put together. Its message just seems so confident to me as well. Yeah, so there's a couple of things with the Persona games, and I think especially in 5, uh, more so than 3 and 4. I started on Persona 3 Portable, um and i didn't quite get it then so i'm looking forward to going back to that when that gets a steam deck a steam release sorry um i i I put tons of hours into persona 4 like i i finished it at the point where my story was completed Um, and i do recommend you playing that once you're done with persona 5 by the way um but what i found with the persona games say particularly in 5 is it writes teenagers in a way that it feels like it's someone who understands teenagers. Yeah. Um, they're immature, but in, immature in the right way. Yes. Um, they don't... They get confused over certain things. They're easily led astray. Um, and they do... They react to things in a way where you go, as an adult with life experience, you go, oh, God, you don't do that like that and why are they acting like that why are they making a big deal out of this but you realize they're teenagers we, we were supposed to like again we don't plan these but the intro we were talking about like biker grove you know you could look at grange hill and other such children's dramas and stuff like that and how they i think dealt with teenagers and kids in a better way than any adult drama ever does uh because they, they've, they've understood that it's almost like they get input from teenagers and Persona feels that as well, really, really well. So, um, like they, like you, you say, like you said, like it doesn't sexualize the characters. Now, in the Persona games, at times they do, but it's not sexualized in terms of oh, here's some titillation for you, the viewer. They're sexualized as teenagers would, would sexualize their peers. Um, yeah, and it feels realistic. You don't feel grubby. 
watching it because that was always part of my concern was like, oh my God, you know, they're talking like the way they talk about sex in this game or the way they sort of like um, talk about the female form and lust after people. Like I'm talking more for on this side as well. It's like, oh, oh, is this right? Should I? And it's like, no, because it's just, if when I was a teenager, I remember what I was like as a teenager, you know, oh, she's welfare. Oh, she's the one who's got boobs already and stuff like that. Th that's what you was like as a teenager. And that's what these are like as teenagers. It's written so, so well. And they make teenager mistakes. Um, and they have teenager attitudes. And what I really like is they take on these real world problems and they affect in the real world. But it's all, as you said, it's fantasized to them at the same time. But that, that fantasy is real. But in a way that almost, I think the, the closest thing to it in some ways is Rugrats. Right. Out, they live in this real world in Rugrats, but they go off on their fantastical adventures where a toy suddenly becomes an actual real dinosaur or, or something like that. Or going from the front room to the kitchen in, in Rugrats is like a trek across this vast desert or whatever in their minds. And it's what the Persona games do really well. They take what could be mundane and ordinary and fantasise it in a way that makes sense to those teenagers. It's, it's absolutely brilliant in the way it does that. And then on top of that, as you said, it doesn't drip feed you. Like, oh, here's a load of talking. Here's two minutes of gameplay. And then another five minutes of talking. Another minute of gameplay. Here's another ten minutes of talking. Another bit of... It basically goes, look, here's a whole bunch of, of juxtaposition and everything. And, uh, let's, let's set it all up. Now, off you go into a into the, um, into the a dungeon for an hour and a half, two hours. Or however long you want. And it lets you actually play the game. And then you might get another two, three, four, five hours where you're not back in a dungeon. But again, the writing of the character interaction and the the bits you do to get in a job, your social things that you do and everything all work so, so well that you don't miss that dungeon gameplay. Whereas a lot of other RPGs, I think you miss that battle or the actual gameplay part because the the interactions between are so boring. This isn't boring. It takes the mundane and makes it excited, and it's yeah, it's just I, I think it's one of the best series out there. Um, but you can't; it's very hard to sell to somebody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm definitely really enjoying it, and I, I yeah, the sexualization thing I agree with as well. It's like there are just because there is um, flesh on display doesn't necessarily make it sexual. Um, and I think that the fact that the the, the sort of a lot of the characters are quite androgynous, you know, even though they're they're clearly male and female coded, um, mm. they they are quite androgynous, which is a a feature of a lot of anime, and that, that I think that helps as well with you know all different sexualities relating to the characters and dress up is a big factor, like it is with you know with teenagers particularly, um, and yeah, like like you said, even though there's like flesh on display, it isn't really done in a kind of uh, male gaze kind of a way and I, I think that must be borne out by the fact that it, it's an incredibly popular series with with women as well you know it's a uh, from what I understand it's very very big across you know both male and female um you know and 
it deals with proper subjects as well. You know, it deals with sexual assault and stuff like that. It, they are in a very nuanced way, I think. Um, and in the episode of four, it dealt with coming out as well, which I found really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought oh, maybe that's something that's aged really badly because, you know, with Persona 4, we're looking at, what, 10, 15 years old now, Persona 4, uh, maybe even older. And I, I thought, oh, maybe it's dealt with coming out in a bad way. Maybe it doesn't hold up today. And I, I retrod the story. And it actually deals with it fairly well. It still holds up today, like the pressures like a character has with coming out and the way peers treat them and other people treat them and the way they grow and develop. It's all really interesting and it all, it all sort of like still works. It's not perfect, you know. It's You know, you look at it and go, oh, yeah, we've moved on from that. But it's not like when you go back and watch... I don't know. Something like Gimme, Gimme, Gimme on TV, which I still, I, I think is paints homosexuality in a certain light, which I don't think holds up today that has aged really poorly. Um, you know, it doesn't do that. It's, it's There's some bits you look at it and go, oh, maybe not. But other parts you go, actually, yeah, do you know what? I can see that's how it would be like for a teenager still. Um, yeah. especially a teenager living somewhere that's as conservative in some ways as Japan. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. Japan's really forward-thinking in so many ways, but it's still somehow still quite conservative in tradition. So it's... it's, it's, it's and it deals with it all. Um, and the entire series, well, from three onwards, is just really, really good. Um, cool. Although Magana's still not as good as Teddy. Teddy's still my favourite from Persona 4. Right, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like Morgana. But, um, I would because it's cute, but there you go. That's the whole point, isn't it? <laughs> we missed a trick because we got a little black and white cat a few weeks back, um, and it's black and it's got a white chin, and it's like, oh my god, yeah, it's exactly the same as Morgana. Ah, oh, we missed a trick there. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. I'm about 35, 30 to 40 hours in now. Um, and I, I'm not slowing down. I'm not bored. You know, it's holding my attention. So that tells you how good it is. It does. And I assume you're playing it on deck because... Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Persona game. This is why I didn't play it properly before. I bought it before on PlayStation. Got about 10 minutes in and just went, I can't play this on a big screen. Yeah. What the hell am I even thinking? I've got kids running around, you know. I can't, you know, it's very difficult to concentrate on it. And Persona 4, I played on the Vita. Um, and it's it's a handheld game for me. And yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's gone from playing 10 minutes because I bought it to I can't put it down. Um, it's my equivalent of, a, of, you know, a good book. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm right there in the same space as you at the moment. I'm really, really loving it. Ugh. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, but yeah, good. Um, I, yeah, I can't wait to hear more of your thoughts as you as you progress through it. So, moving on from Persona um, to something completely different. Um, a game I've been playing for a good couple of weeks now that I've been embargoed um, is Flateye. Um, which is a resource management game set in a 
it's like a, a convenience store stroke garage type place. Uh, like in, I'm assuming it's meant to be based in America, uh, but it's kind of generic anyway. Uh, but yeah, you kind of run this convenience store in a distant, not so distant future type place. Uh, basically what you've got to do in this game is resource management this store build it up so it's earning money um keep customers happy keep the shelves stocked etc 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 um a gas station that's what it's called mine went blank <laughs> what it was called i couldn't remember what a petrol station was uh, but in america they're different aren't they they're like full-on convenience stores in america aren't they? a lot of them are yeah uh, yeah yeah that's what was confusing me but anyway um, you've basically got to manage this store and that's the base gameplay but it's set in this future world where stuff might be happening and humanity might be in danger quote quote nudge nudge wink wink and all that um and then you progress through this kind of story and there's ai in it and the ai seems really pleasant at first uh, you know and we'll nudge nudge wink wink again there um and basically yeah you get different things you upgrade and first of all it's all very manual um and then you spend time automating certain things such as like you can get things that help you clean the shop floor um things that are restock uh automatic checkouts you know those futuristic things automatic checkouts and that um you could like clone shop workers and, and stuff like that because you know it's, it's better than obviously hiring real people just clone them oh of course um well stuff like you've got to make sure you've got toilets in there uh you'll get customers who come in and they've got like different things they want to talk to you about or um things like that but you've got to keep the customers happy that's really important uh, but if you start getting negative feedback of your store you might not be treated so well by your company who owns the place and everything because you are a franchise, but, oh, you better look after the place properly because Big Boss there doesn't like it if you don't. Um, and I, I'm trying not to say too much about the narrative because it goes places. Um, some fairly obvious places that you've seen in any kind of futuristic, uh, you know, cap capitalism, bad stuff that goes on. Um and yeah, it's, it's it's a really good game that I'm really really enjoying. I, I can only play it on the big screen. It, it does work on Steam Deck, but it's a uh, a bit of a ball lake to play on the Steam Deck. Very tiny text, etc. etc. And not much in in in, uh, in terms of accessibility settings that I found that work for me. Um, so maybe that's something they can improve. But yeah, overall, if you like management games or resource management games or city builders or anything like that but you want something that's just another oh build this thing up until it's perfect and you want a bit of narrative to it i think this ticks all the boxes really really well yeah it's not the kind of thing i'd touch really because i really can't stand resource management games but i like the sound of the premise it's one of those where you know what we're talking about they should create other games in game worlds that are already in existence they should yeah. they should create some sort of uh really dumb shooting game in it i'd buy that what in a resource management game there no in that in that universe you know oh uh yeah just yes yeah, sure, get rid of get rid of all the new ones just shoot people yep yeah yep that'd suit me just yeah to take it all out and shoot people I'm really uh, yeah i tell you what visually uh, uh, an fps in that would look pretty cool actually uh, uh, you see and we, we've spoke yeah we spoke about before just you know 
do more stuff with those game worlds. And we go back to Persona, you know, you've got, um, like, Persona 4, you've got uh, Persona 4 Arena, which is a one-on-one fighting game. Um, you've got the dancing games for Persona 4. Persona 5 has got its Musu game that's uh, in terms of strikers that's just come out. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. And I think this has got a good narrative. I don't think it's going to be big enough to warrant more stuff for it in terms of sales and that where they can take chances. But yeah, I, I could see more stories for this or, or what have you. But I'm really enjoying it in spite of being a struggle for me to play. Oh, cool. But speaking of Persona 4 Arena, I have the joystick for that. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh. Uh, I know I always have say... Have you got the game? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, why? Why would I? No, that would make sense. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's fantastic. And I know I always say, oh, I'll put pictures up and then I don't, but I promise I'll put a picture up um, of the joystick. And I will do the one of my... Uh, PS1 playing Resident Evil uh, The Prison as well, like I promised about a month ago. Is it the, or is it a fight stick, is it, or is it an actual joystick? Uh, what's the difference? I don't know. <laughs> joystick, a joystick is like a Kemp's, Kempston thing where it's just a joystick on a base. Oh, I see what you mean. Buttons. So, is it a fight stick style? It is, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, right, okay. I was just thinking, we don't see, I want joysticks, bring back joysticks. <laughs> well, they've got a very minimal use case these days, but yeah, yeah, they're nice enough, I suppose. I'd buy one. I'm sure you can still get them. I had the, um, I had the really crappy one on the um, on my Spectrum. It was the one you kind of held in your hand, and it had the, and you kind of used two fingers. You kind of had to hold it in an awkward way because had two fingers, two buttons at the front, like literally at the front, and you kind of used like in your inverted palm those ones. And it kind yeah. of had a stick on, a really tiny little clicky stick on top. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called. And it was like really awkward to hold, but I really loved it. Yeah, my mate had that one. I used it a lot. Uh, the, what was the it called? Bug or something like that, was it called? Uh, there was the a bug, but that was a cheap, horrible one. <laughs> Is the one that you're Thank talking you about the black and red one? Yes. Yeah. Is it Conix? I think it might have been Conix. I, I, don't, I don't know. I had loads of them for my Spectrum. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I got them from. I just acquired them. But I was I was only like young. I mean, my mum probably bought them for me. But I was like, I just remember acquiring joysticks. Well, that is unusual um, because they used to be really expensive. Oh, I mean, they still are really, but you know, they used to be prohibitively expensive. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she robbed them. I don't know. I mean, we wasn't well off. We lived in the council house. But I remember having loads of different joysticks. <laughs> Conic Speed King. I was right. That's it was the ones. Yeah, the Speed King. Yeah. Um, it was like really nice and clicky. Yes, it, it did have good micro switches, and I actually quite liked it, like as a as a joystick as well. Um, if you do, especially if you don't have space for a lap based fight stick kind of thing, it's not bad. Yeah, bring it back. There you go, developers. Bring it back. Mad cats, you'll do that. Sure, <laughs> they made all other kinds of crap. They can make a new joypad joystick. They they actually make really good stuff these days. We're yeah, go- massively going off on a tangent, but yeah, <laughs> they do. All the companies that used to, like, you, I mean, you'd give a Mad Cats to, like, your mate and that who came round to play with you. Oh, you could take that one. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, they do make some good stuff now, Mad Cats. They all do, really. Horry, especially, are really good. Oh, yes. Uh, but they was always good, Horry, in all fairness. Yes, yeah, they were. Tell you who went uh, off the boil and now disappeared, and that's ASCII. 
Asuka used to make joysticks. Yes. And, nah. I was going to say Sony, but you know. Ooh. Hot take. Don't, I still want a JoySense controller. Because um, I've got um, Sackboy on the uh, on Steam. And yeah. um, it, it's compatible with the JoySense, like fire USB. Dual Sense, and I yeah. Kind of, yeah, sorry. Uh, and I really want to give that a go. Because it apparently uses all the proper things that it does. So I want to yeah. really give that a go and see what that, that does for it. Because it's a really yeah. good game, by the way, Sackboy. Not that I'm talking about it today. It's a really good game. Yeah, I'm planning to get that on PS5 sometime down the line. But yeah, I played Deathloop on PC and that had full DualSense um, functionality. Uh, and yeah, really good. Those those reactive trigger things are really good. There's a tiny bit of it in God of War Ragnarok, but not much. But there's good haptics. But the best one for me so far has been Returnal, which uses like it uses like the speaker in it to tell you when your cooldown has finished on on special weapons and stuff which is really, really handy because it doesn't blend in with the noise from the telly. Um, Not enough people, developers, use the internal microphone. Yeah, yeah. No, Resogun was amazing. I know, I know. But yeah, no, it's it's really good. When they when it's used properly, it's fantastic. Anyway, tangents. Take, take us back on track, Stu. Massive tangents. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> just um, going back to... Because I played this a couple of weeks ago and it was more on that kind of, right, okay... The Halloween thing, I'm replaying or playing, like, all the survival horror games. And, yeah, that didn't sort of come to fruition. But I did play a few. And one of them was uh, Dead Space 2, which I have not played since release. And I remembered that I really liked it. But I think I kind of played it a little bit too soon after the first one. So I wasn't sure on my perspective on it. So, yeah, I wanted to replay it. I replayed it. And what I did was I played it, I downloaded a save with uh, New Game Plus. And on New Game Plus, you get like all the weapons from the start. You still have to scavenge for uh, ammunition and stuff. So it's not just kind of like a win button. Although there is a win button, which I'll come to, but I didn't use it as a win button. Uh, You've got all the weapons and I stuck it on Zealot, which is the highest difficulty level that I could stick it on. Um, so it was a, a different experience because it's like fully tooled up all kitted out right from the beginning but it's dead dead hard uh, and I really really enjoyed it so you know obviously it's kind of Dead Space came out in the wake of Resident Evil 4 it was a few years later but it was very much the same sort of style but it, it was better it, <laughs> maybe maybe and yeah the, the sequel is in the same vein in that there's these uh, necromorphs which are these creatures that you have to dis- dismember and there's a really really good plot behind it that I won't spoil here in case you've never played the games but it's uh, yeah very 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 tense sometimes very scary and the sequel is like it's set on a, a different location to the first game and it's very good and it's got some improved lighting played it on the steam deck runs like an absolute dream it uh, the only question is is it as good as the first game and I don't think it quite is it's not as scary and I don't think the setting is as good as the first game um, on the Ishimura ship yeah um, and there were a few kind of set pieces and circumstances let's say that were really unique really thrilling in the first game that and I, they had a couple of them in the second game but it felt a little bit more like um, arena tunnel arena tunnel kind of thing you know 
Um, but that said, it's still a really cracking game. It's held up really well. It doesn't even really need that many life, quality of life improvements and um, looks amazing. If you've already owned it, because obviously I would not pay EA for it, but I already owned it from a decade ago, stick it on your Steam Deck if you've got one and have a look at it because it looks fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The first one was the most tense, um, I think, because you was, it felt so claustrophobic. Um, and yeah. the second one's a bit too open for me. It felt safer. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it, 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 it was still brilliant, don't get me wrong. I actually preferred the story beats of the second one, but felt, preferred the overall gameplay of the first. Um, but, yeah, I, so those first two are amazing. Um, they are almost, you know, they're, they're the... If you really must compare, um, they're the alien aliens of of survival horror. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, which isn't surprising considering you know the uh, the influence on them. Um, and the third one is the alien resurrection of, of, the, <laughs> of the series. You know. Oh, that's harsh. Uh, Not even Alien Three, which got some redeeming qualities. Oh no, Resurrection, which has yeah. no redeeming features whatsoever. When I'm going with the Alien Three was the uh, little mini, uh, like oh yeah, yeah the games. Wii game, yeah, yeah, you know that was pretty good. So you know it that, was that's the Alien Three, yeah, that that had some redeeming features. I yeah, it's a method to my madness. There is. Um, I, I'm one of the only. I think you and I were the only people who bought that Wii game, but it was really yes, good. Bought it. Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> um and I, the, the remaster's gonna be the what was that recent shit they brought out for alien oh, i forgot God. what it was covenant called. prometheus prometheus and covenant uh, yeah 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 that's gonna be the remake in it uh definitely so yeah uh but yeah no dead, I, I, i'm all over dead space i, I really enjoy those games and that, again i i, I I'm looking at it and going, I don't know why they're doing what they're doing because the original games still hold up today because I yep. played Dead Space only a good few weeks ago. Yep, yep, exactly. I'm really looking forward to the Callisto Protocol because that's what should be happening, you know? It's that in that same sort of style but moved on and progressed. Yes, yes. Spiritual successors seem to be better than remasters and, re- and they long-time coming sequels every single day. Yes, uh, indeed. But- Yes, more dead space from other people. <laughs> uh, it was like the Evil Within that actually did what people wanted for a follow-up Resident Evil to, you know, Resident Evil. You know, it was, when Resident Evil went off the off the rails a bit, someone gave. Well, obviously, it helps that it was. Um, I'm not going to say the name because I always get the name wrong. Uh, is it Makami? <laughs> yeah, Shinji Makami. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Look at that. Um, came in and went oh, I'll just redo Resident Evil but with this other skin basically and this is what it would have turned into everyone went oh yeah that's much better I um, I never got on with that I always I found it too awkward but I might it might still revisit. holds up yeah I might I, I, again I played that a couple of weeks or so ago um, I don't know why I went for a period and went oh, I'm just going to install shit on the Steam Deck and see what, what, what works yeah. um, and Evil Within is one of them that does oh very good um but yeah, no, Dead, oh, Dead Space. I, I, I think I might have to dig out Dead Space 2 and stick that on there um, yeah. and play it. Go for it. Anyway, moving on once more. Another game I've been playing, which is always, it's always helpful to talk about games you've been playing, is Somerville, uh, which came out on the PS4, 
four or five a good while ago. Is that right? Or did it come out on the Xbox a while ago? It's one of them. It came out on one of them a while ago, but it's just come out on PC and Xbox now. Help me, Stu. I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Let's let's say I believe it came out on PS4 uh, or PS5 a little while ago, and it's just been released on other consoles or whatever exclusivity has ended. Anyway, well, uh, it's just come out on Game Pass, hasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. I will. I will check my notes for Steve. the other information. You double check your notes uh, while I talk. Uh, but basically, it's this kind of sci-fi survival story-based game um, where you're like your world around you comes crumbling down quite literally and you are left on your own and you kind of you know you kind of start off where you your family's disappeared after this 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 thing happens and you're trying to set out to find um, your family it's a deep personal story in this whole bigger world thing which i'm all for um personal stories in grander scale events oh all for that it, you know that's why i really really liked um jesus christ this is where adhd comes in what's that found footage film that went on to do other films with john goodman in it and stuff oh 10 cloverfield lane cloverfield yeah right there we go cloverfield first cloverfield which was that smaller scale story in this big apocalyptic event really yeah. down for that and this almost takes some beats from that for how personal the story is um and you kind of go through it's that whole 2d thing where you're moving on a 2d play but all the visuals have like got a lot of depth to it and everything and it's very atmospheric and it's beautifully dark and grim to look at but in a really good way you force to do a lot of exploration and basic puzzle solving um which it takes you through as a tutorial with the house to start with. And it's very important it does that tutorial with the house. And I'll come to why in a minute before you then get out into the great, the wider world. And then things get further and further. The story builds up even further. You find out more about what's gone on. The more you try and find your family, etc, etc, etc. The landscapes are all brilliant in it. Uh, and it feels like there's been a massive alien attack. And you're left in the aftermath of it. And you've got these special powers because... Whatever happened in your house caused you to get these special powers, which you can use to clear paths and solve puzzles and everything. And I find it really good. It feels like the choices matter. I've not quite f finished it yet. Oh, I've not finished it yet. And I'll come to why again in a minute. Um, uh, but it feels like choices really matter. And I believe there are multiple endings. Um, but, you know, instead of just going, oh, I'm just going to plough through this, I'm having to really consider certain parts of my actions and go, this is what I really want to do. Um, you know, what what effect is, is this going to actually have? Um, and it's, yeah, one of the, the, these sort of games where it's personal personal story based games i i really really like and i don't think there's enough of them um especially again especially when it happens in this grander event and again you're, you you spoke about this and we we've touched on this before i could see other games happening in this cataclysmic event in different genres yeah um and it, it feels like this is like it can go on to do other stuff almost like this is a cloverfield 
in a way, you know, this this big thing happens, and you know, Ten Cloverfield Lane is completely different to Cloverfield, um, and then you've got that crap one that was set on a spaceship that no one cares about, and they're doing another one that apparently is going to almost wreck on the third one. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's kind of got that. Now the problem is, I've had I started playing it on Steam, and I've then had to move to playing it on Game Pass because. It runs like an absolute dog on Steam Deck. Wow. Um, you know, it's, to be fair, it's not verified. Uh, but I stuck it down on lowest. And in the house, really good. Really good. Runs really smoothly in, 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 in the house. Soon as you get outside and into the woods, you get single frame FPS on it. And if I could notice that, then I could only imagine what it does to people who care about these things. Yeah, it became yeah. unplayable um, on Steam. There, I put it down to minimum settings. So you know, I basically tried to put it on potato mode. I tried FSR on it. It just runs like an absolute dog on Steam Deck. Now, Game Pass version streaming, fine, absolutely fine. Yeah, um, you know, and installed on the desktop, fine. Um, just yeah, but I'm just and a word of warning on Steam Deck. It runs like an absolute dog. Um, and if I'd have bought this and I wanted to have it for review, then I probably would have thrown my toys out the pram and got our oh, screw this and got a refund. Um, but again, in all fairness, it's not Steam Deck verified. Yeah. Um, as of yet or anything. Um, but any warning, if they do stick it as verified, um, if you listen to this and you are, give me a shout, I'll reinstall it and let you know if it's running any better. But at the moment, oh boy, oh boy, it's not very good on Steam Deck, but it's a brilliant game. Wow, cool. Yeah, no, I, I checked. It, it, it's debuted on uh, Microsoft stuff, PC and, and Xbox. Doesn't look like it's available on anything else at the moment. So. What? Earth am I thinking about then? I'm not sure. But anyway, oh. that doesn't matter. I, it's interesting to hear that you like it so much because it's had a lot of criticism. It's had a lot of backlash because a lot of people were looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, no, that's interesting. There are a lot of people saying that the puzzles aren't very interesting, that sort of thing. No, I'm going to say they're interesting. It, it, it's... I, it's not a puzzle game. I don't know what people are expecting from it. I, my first reaction to it was, this is a story. Uh, it's not a grand story. Honestly, in terms, it's very hard to describe in terms of, without, without again, spoiling too much. It's not a grand story. In terms of, like, the actual story itself, yeah. Do you know what? It's not exciting, but it's intriguing. And that's what drew me in. It's an intriguing personal story. And part of me is interested, because that's a personal story, I'm intrigued on what's actually going on around as well. Um, you know, it's this person isn't the centre of the world as such, but yeah. it's the centre of their own world. Um, and it's almost like... Do you know, like, Save Your Private Ryan? And I, I, this is going to show this example of what something I think does it doesn't do it very well. Where Save a Private Ryan should have been this personal story of a group going out to save this this guy uh, because the rest of his family are dead. 
Um, now, for one, I don't think that ever would have happened during the war because that's too big a risk to take, but we'll take that aside. But then it became this whole, oh, uh, we've got to do this deeply personal thing for this person. And then we end up, you know, oh, do we pretty much win the war for people? And it's like, you didn't need to tie it into the, what happened for the overall war. You know, I'd rather it was just this deep, personal story of let's try and bring this kid home. And that was yeah. it. And it went too far. This doesn't do that so far. This this just feels like that deep, personal, this shit is going on, but this person just cares about themselves, which is what I would be like. If, you know, if I was in that situation, I'm like, oh, my family's gone. I'd be like, uh, lay on the sofa for a bit. Um, <laughs> and then after a while, I'd go, right, I better go and find them. That's all I would care about is can I find my family? I don't yeah. care about, you know, the alien invasion. I just want to find my family. Uh, I'm just like, oh, shit, this is bad, but I want to find my family. I'm not going to go and, oh, maybe I can bring down the aliens because that's not what it is. And this is a deeply personal story to the character. Is it the best written? No. Is it intriguing? Yes. Does it play well? I think so. But I get why people might not enjoy it because it's not, it's not inside. It's not limbo. And I think there's going to be a lot of comparisons with something like that, where yeah. that was a much shorter experience with much more telegraphed puzzle elements and platforming elements. This isn't. This is a lot of wandering, but it works. It makes you feel small in a vast world, but important to yourself. Okay. Well, in that case, I shall stream that and give it a go. Why not, eh? <laughs> and next week you'll come back and go, Brad. Shut up. Probably. That's <laughs> it's not my kind of game you anyway. What talking so. about? Yeah. I've got to try and fit it in around Persona as well. Good luck with that. Oh, I keep doing that. Going, oh, I'll stick something else on as a quick break. I was meant to take a quick break after I finished the second palace on Persona. And I went, oh, I'll take a week off. Yeah, no. And then put up another <laughs> 15 hours. Oh, excellent. No, I, I, I have been playing um, something on and off in between as a, as a palate cleanser, which is... Uh, Doom Eternal and oh my god I'm not going to go on about it just to say it on the Steam Deck it's the best looking performing game I've played I think mm. like modern game anyway it just oh, they, oh I've said it before but id they are just in, insanely good at coding it's it's just amazing on the deck incredible just get them away from Bethesda that they go nice. independent yeah, that would be because nice. you can't you can't have a major game release these days, even older major game releases without some kind of controversy going on. Yep. Uh, did you hear about the Bethesda one? Have you heard about that? I have about the soundtrack yes. and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I've learned I'm not going to go too far into it because I'm not going to. He said, she said, they said anything because after the uh, Bayonetta debacle, I'm on no side of any fence. Uh, because I didn't think anyone would be stupid enough to call out a company like that and then turn out to be lying and bullshitting and everything on their side and they think they wouldn't get found out. So, you know, I look at it and go, look, technically you're right. You should be paid more than what you initially said you was being paid. When it turns out, actually, you was being paid more and you're a horrible piece of work. Uh, what? <laughs> well done. <laughs> Um, so, I'm yeah, I, I, I can't comment on this. Bethesda might be in the right. The soundtrack guy, composer, might be in the right. Both could be in the wrong. Both could be in the right. It's this late-stage capitalism. Yay. I know. Great, isn't it? 
No, I'm staying totally on the fence until I hear some more detail. But I mean, yeah, yeah, it's whatever, whatever the truth of it is, it's it's pretty horrible, isn't it? Yeah, like, oh, does it see? It really feels like we are getting towards the end, boss. Now of late stage capitalism, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because watching the news and it's like, oh, we can't afford for schools anymore. We can't afford the NHS. Oh, austerity's happening, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. Your pet, your, your electric prices are going back up, even though we promised they wouldn't. They're all going to go up, and this and this and this, and oh, we can't. You somehow we can't afford eggs in supermarkets now, and it's like, oh my Jesus, I know, right? Jesus Christ! Will <laughs> someone jump in and change their heart for crying out loud? All I want to do is play video games, and the only way I can afford to play video games now is either via reviewing them or pirating the big companies because i'd rather give my money to the indies yeah exactly yeah no it, it's it's like you say you do feel like you're in the in the last latter stages of the game now especially with the whole twitter thing and elon musk it, that that is just utterly <laughs> utterly insane like, the whole thing is mental i mean it's nev- never anything like it in my lifetime he's just it's like and donald trump's coming back and he's just like what's going on well he's really trying to what's going on <laughs> he's trying to but I know, I know, but surely laws in pl- I mean, Boris Johnson tried it, and shows like like they've got to go bigger and better. Boris Johnson tried it and went, ah, oh, no, all right, fine, <laughs> not a good idea. I'll step back. I just wanted to. Did I remember me? It was Trump's guy. I'm coming back. It's like, oh, you know, Biden's not great, but oh, please well, just a break. I know from it all. Oh. Please. Yeah, there isn't one, sorry. <laughs> Headphones on, into the world of teenagers. That just sounds wrong. <laughs> PJ and Duncan, Geordie Racers, Dodgy Kids TV shows and Grey Jill. I, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's the world. And do you know what would be nice if other people did what I can do? What's that? I'm going to shut up now, Stu, because I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard going at the moment. It really is. I... Uh, yeah, get getting through when you know you've got all these things on the horizon is is challenge. But uh, yeah, you know you got to keep talking about them and not hiding them away, and hopefully be part of the change that you want to see. And that's the, that's all we can hope for, really. But uh, mm. yeah, so apart from that, hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion this week. Lots of games on the docket and loads of things being covered. But uh, yeah, no, I've got even more stuff that I, I've been playing as well. I did, played a big tranche of Neo Geo games because uh, I created a new well not created a new joystick right fight stick sorry i wired up a new fight stick um that is dedicated to my neo geo and i was testing it out playing a load of games so i'll talk about them next week so i've actually got uh, yeah god i played about six different titles this week i think which is pretty good going um yeah yeah but i've got just quickly i've got next week i'm gonna listen tune in next week because I'm going to be talking about a game that I received a, a backhander for next week. <laughs> Lies. I would not believe No, that. I did. I received a backhander. Okay. And you will find out more next week. All right. Okay. So, on that tantalising. Oh, you nearly did it, didn't you? You nearly did it. Never going to do it, mate. Never. (laughs) (laughs) All that tantalising. Never go full Clarkson. No, God, no. Never go (laughs) partially Clarkson. (laughs) On that tantalising teaser, we should leave it there. Follow us on all the socials and join our Discord if you feel like chatting about any subject, including mental health. Support us on Patreon if you can afford it or buy us a coffee 
And in the meantime, stay safe and stay sane.